The year is 1877. Dakota Territory is a grim and desolate place, but in the small town of Sweet Ravine, law and order rules. The keeper of that peace is the most feared gunslinger west of the Mississippi. Hold on to those ten-gallon hats as we present the adventures of Sheriff Rawhide Law. It is just past noon in Jody's saloon. Most of the town has gathered together as today is a very important day for a small town in the west. Today, the stagecoach arrives. Excuse me, Mr. Law? Oh, one moment, ma'am. Raise you five. Tarnation! What can I do for you, Miss Clarabelle? I'm so sorry to interrupt your game, but may we borrow your boot? You... I... I have never been asked that question before. See your five and raise you two. Wait just a moment, please, Miss. Sam, you and I are friends, and this is a friendly game. I'm telling you now that I'm not bluffing here, and I'm giving you a chance to take back that call and that raise. Now, why would I do that? Because we are playing stud poker. I have three of a kind showing, Slam has a possible straight, and you are displaying a lot of non-sequential red cards. You are not going to get anybody to fold here with a last-minute bluff. Now, you think about your bet for a minute. Sorry, Miss Clarabelle, what exactly is causing you to ask for my boot? Well... Constance and Prudence and I are going to have a meeting since we're all here together. You know how hard it can be to get regular meetings, yes? I can only imagine. But we don't have a gavel to bring the meeting to order, so we were hoping to borrow your boot. I think on reflection, I might just retract my razor too. That's probably for the best. And instead, I will raise you five. That's ten to you, Slim. Slim, I did not just see you raise another ten. You smug son of a... Mr. Law! Oh, apologies, Miss Clarabelle. This is what happens when a man who is not bluffing is caught between having one of the best hands he's had in a month of Sundays and his wife's insistence that he not drive the only other two players in town to the poorhouse. I will, of course, donate my boot to the cause of a lady in distress. In deference to your delicate nature, I will even give you the boot without the derringer in it though I can make no promises of aromatic benevolence. Uh, here you go. Thank you. Can I get you boys another round of drinks? You know what? Yes, please. A round of drinks for me and my friends on me. But first, I have to call the raise that has been sent to me so that Slim can reveal his straight, Sam can hang his head about the worst bluff in history, and I can show these gentlemen what four or sixes look like when they're all together in a group. Seems to me they'd look like 24. Well, let's find out, shall we? Dad, gummit! I call this meeting to order. Our last meeting with the mayor did not meet with much success. He's refused to enact any of the temperance laws we suggested. However, I have procured a supply of fuckleberries and am fixing to come to the next meeting with a pie. Jody? Yes? Are they running a temperance meeting? It would appear so. Inside a saloon? I'm not entirely sure that they're all that clear on the concept of temperance. I've thought about asking, 
but it might make them curious enough to do some research, which is ultimately not that good for my business. You know, there are days when I believe I have found my niche in this town, and then something like this comes along. Any suggestions to help myself fit in? When in Rome, do as the Romans do? That may be some excellent advice, Sam. Jody, please send a round of beers over to the temperance movement on behalf of Sam's inability to bluff. That's right neighborly of you. Hey, there's Tom Green. He runs the stagecoach. Hey, Tom, how do? You need some help getting anything down off the coach? Ah, ah. Slim sent away for a pocket watch like his daddy used to have. Did you boys bring that along with you? Ah, ah. I ordered ten pounds of barley and some hops. I, I. Uh, Mr. Green, is it? Is there a reason you're standing in the doorway looking like you were a mite scared that you could drop dead at any moment? That'd be me. Apologies, young lady. I didn't see you standing there behind Mr. Green. Yeah, he is something of a lummox, ain't he? Well, that and you're a bit of a pipsqueak. Nobody calls me a pipsqueak. All right. I think we're all clear on that. Now you shot the hat clean off Sam's head and everybody knows not to call you that word. So why don't you put that pistol away before it goes any further than that? Oh, it's going to go a lot further, mister. Why don't you get into the center of the room there, big fella? That's right. Y'all be careful. I never saw anybody shoot like her. As you requested, sir, I'll go ahead and put this pistol away, but don't let that get you too awful comfy. It can come out again in a heck of a hurry. My name is Kitty McAllister, and I'm the fastest draw in the West. Pleased to meet you. Hi, darling. Hi, sweetie pie. And hello to you, too, Miss McAllister. We've never had the fastest draw in the West here in Sweet Ravine. It's good to meet a celebrity like you. Why don't you let me buy you a drink? I'll buy for you, Sister Rawhide Law. Why, thank you, Clarabelle. But why don't you just keep on having your meeting over there? That's right. Sit back down. So you are her. Forgive me, but I don't really know how to respond to that. You're Alex Rawhide, fastest gun in the Dakotas, except you ain't I am. All right. So you are. You have some objection to letting the second fastest gun here buy you a drink? That ain't how it works. <laughs> Thunderation. Why not? Because I want to see if you are as fast as they say. No. I'm not giving you a choice. Little lady, I think we can both agree that I've got a few years on you. <laughs> yes, indeed, old lady. I'm not rising to that, kid. There is one reason which, more than all the others, has let me survive this long. And that is that I don't play this game. Some hooligan runs up to a pile of manure, stands on top of it and says, I'm king of the mountain. There are people in this world who just don't seem to be able to help themselves. They jump right onto that pile of poo and start trying to shove him off. Take it from me, there's nothing but a black eye and a powerful bad smell that comes of it. They didn't tell me you was yellow, Sheriff. There ain't no need for this. Oh, I say there is. All right, then. Everybody spread out. 
I don't want any interference, and I sure as heck don't want none of you getting hurt. This is between me and her. Just the way I... I did read that right, didn't I? You told everyone not to interfere so she wouldn't be expecting someone to sneak up behind her? Yes, sweetie pie. Why precisely did you hit her with your boot? And where, pray tell, is your other boot? These are excellent questions. I'll explain once we get this girl into the jail cell. I tried to tell her that bumpy roads were just a part and parcel of riding a stagecoach. I couldn't give her a refund for that. And her response was? She shot the buttons off my favorite shirt. One by one. Didn't so much as nick my skin. That's not bad. Not bad? Sheriff, is that something you could do? Maybe, but it's an awful waste of my gunpowder and your money at the tailor. Any other charges you want to press? No. She just took back the money for her fare and held me at gunpoint. I got nothing else I want to call her to task for. All right, then. You got all that down? You really need to hire an assistant to do your paperwork. Why do I need an assistant? I have a husband. Mr. Green, you want some more coffee before you head out? Huh. That's all right. I understand. Perhaps an assistant would make better coffee. I will go fetch you some better coffee from Josie's. Walk with you, Mr. Green? Sure enough. And, of course, you wait until I'm the only one here to deal with you. Where am I? Are the bars too subtle for you, or did you get conked on the head harder than I thought? Where's my gun? I gave it to the town blacksmith and told him to melt it down. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I meant to be concerned by the deadly tone in your voice? When I get out of here, I'm... You'll be swinging on the end of a rope. You took a shot at one of the people in this town and only missed his head by a few inches. That's close enough to attempted murder for any jury I ever came across. I didn't miss. I never miss. That's nice. You want that on your tombstone? I don't know how much of the bankroll we took out of your pocket is actually yours, but I imagine there's enough for you to get something nice carved on there. Or do you just want to go with the fastest gun in the West thing you were talking about earlier? There's a certain irony in having either one on a tombstone, but there you go. For the record, though, whether you were trying to commit murder or not doesn't matter. It looked like you were trying, and that's all anybody's going to care about. This ain't over, Sheriff. Really? You got someone coming to save you? Yeah, you struck me as a lone wolf. Or lone puppy dog, anyway. Oh, I apologize. I didn't realize you were dumb enough to think you could get out of here all by your lonesome. You just watch! This is a jail cell. I won't say everybody who goes into one of these winds up swinging from a rope, but enough of them do. And none of them want to be doing that. So when they build these things, they make them to keep people inside who would rather not be dead. What brilliant plan for escape do you think you have? I will. Find a way. No, you won't. You're what, 16? 
Fifteen. Awful young. Shame, really. But I guess it'll work out for you. Your legend will never have a chance to get stale. Kitty McCafferty, fastest gun in the West. It's McAllister. No one cares, darling. See, I never heard of you before today, and I kind of reckon nobody ever will. It's because you cheated. Funny thing about that. Do you hear all those people outside right now? All the masses of humanity shouting about how unfair I've been to the girl who wanted to shoot me for no good reason? Give them a lesson, why don't you? Ain't nobody out there. And nobody's coming. See, that's the thing about being the fastest gun in the West. When the only thing you're good at is killing people, most of the world is happy to see the back of you, and they're not that particular about how it happens. Now, in interest of getting the right letters to the right grieving families, how many people learned about you being fastest draw firsthand before you came here? One. Don't lie to me. I'm not. I killed the man who shot my daddy, but I knew nobody would believe I could outdraw him. So I grabbed up the money he'd been saving for a parcel and ran. And where'd you learn to do that shooting? Daddy was a trick shot artist in a carnival. Well, I'm sure he'd be proud that you decided to give the same treatment to a perfect stranger as you did to the man who killed him. I wasn't going to shoot to kill. Oh, you just keep getting dumber every time your mouth opens, Pipsqueak. Nobody calls me. Anybody can call you anything they want. You are unarmed, in jail, 15 years old, and crazy stupid. Be glad Pipsqueak is the worst you're getting. Why, Zebediah, thank you for coming out here on such short notice. Of course, Miss Sheriff. Kitty, this here Zebediah Riggs, our town's undertaker. Hmm. Itty bitty thing, ain't ya? Well, that'll save you on lumber. What's he doing here? We're not animals, Pipsqueak. After we give your neck a good stretching, we'll give you a nice Christian burial. I've been making coffins for sixteen years. All I need is for you to stand still and let me take your measurements. Now you keep away from me. Well, seems as though the truth has just hit home. It's the measuring tape. Happens every time. It appears you finally figured out that the ballad of Kitty McAllister has only one verse and no refrain. And that's all it's ever going to have. Please. Don't please me. You were gunning to put me in the ground in your place. I'm sorry. Really, I was just going to shoot the gun out of your hand. And leave me crippled on my life. I'm sorry. I believe you. And you're awful lucky that I do, little missy. Because now, we got something to talk about. Support the temperance movement. Do the right thing for sweet Ravine. Excuse me, ladies. Well, hello there. Can we interest you in this pamphlet about temperance movement? Oh, that's very kind of you, ma'am, and I'll be happy to take one. But I'm afraid I need to ask you to take this here demonstration over there by the water tower. Right here, you're blocking the path to the general store. We were over at the water tower, but no one was listening to us. Well, I guess you're going to have to try shouting louder, then. I'm afraid I have to insist. I'm sorry. 
But who exactly are you to tell us where we need to stay? Oh, me? <laughs> I'm the new deputy. Now let's move this along. Come on now, shoot, come on. So, I reserve the right to blame you if this harebrained scheme goes awry. I thought this was your idea. Even if that were true, how does that prevent me from blaming you? My mistake. So, do you trust her? I am reserving judgment. Given six months of very good behavior, I might let her carry a gun again. Mm-hmm. And how long after that will you let her put bullets in it? One step at a time, sweetie pie. One step at a time. You have been listening to the Wild West Adventures of Sheriff Rawhide Law. Was this act of mercy also an act of foolishness? Find out next time. Theme music from www.freesfx.co.uk with other music including Cowboy Sting and Fig Leaf Times 2 by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com Licensed under Creative Commons by Attributions 3.0 Alex was Jill Wenzel Caleb was Dan Wenzel Kitty was Brianna Kuby Jody was Liz Music Sam was Richard Tennant Clarabelle was Andy Gastonge. Tom Green was Andrew Dell. And Zebediah was Adam Gastonge. Thanks for listening, partner. We'll see you next time. <laughs>